0: One of the reasons why I love Asana so much is because it was created to help teams organize, track and manage their work so that they can accomplish more. It doesn't matter what time of day or time zone you find yourself in, teams are always aligned no matter what. Book a call to see how Asana can make the difference in eliminating work about work within your team. Welcome to the In Systems We Trust podcast with Mark e. Murray, In Systems We Trust dives
1: into all things systems and processes and interviews the professionals who are using them to change the landscape of their organizations every day. This podcast is fueled by Ditto, a team that is on a mission to eliminate team burnout by implementing systems and processes that streamline your business's growth. Are you ready for more clarity?
0: Here we go. Welcome back to another episode of In Systems We Trust. My name is Marquis Murray. I'm your host. And today I'm speaking with Taylor McMaster. Taylor is the founder of Dot & Company, where she and her team help digital marketing agencies keep their clients happy and keep agency owners focused on what they do best. With full-service client account management, CAM for short, services. Taylor leads a team of client account managers training the cams to work with different agencies. And to date, they've helped dozens of digital marketing a- agencies free up their time to prioritize the money makers in their business. While the Dot & Co team ensures their client experience is smooth like butter. She's also the host of the Happy Clients podcast, which I am a listener of, where she interviews top names in the industry, diving deep into what makes client clients happy in the agency world. Welcome to the show, Taylor.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited.
0: So am I. And like we were, we were just chatting off air about how we've had to, you know, do a couple of reschedules. I'm excited to be here. Taylor is like myself, uh, a Canadian, and so it's just so rare that we get these these chances to connect. So I'm excited, looking forward to our chat today. Me so me thanks, too. Taylor. First off, um, I I typically will start with, you know, what's your background? What's your story look like? But I want to ask a specific question around why you decided to make the switch from digital agency owner um, to now supporting agency owners. I mean, I, I have a very similar story where I used to run a marketing agency myself and one of the services based on the needs of my customers and what they were struggling with was setting up CRMs so they could house the leads we were gathering for them or a project management tool where they could, you know, better organize their work and so I my 2020 story basically went that we went from marketing agency to operations consultants and Ditto my my former consultancy was born? What What does your story look like? And what did that transition look like for you?
1: Yeah. So kind of similar to you, mine was more so, what do I want to be doing every day? And, you know, I was running an agency, I was doing all of the things for my clients and it was going well. We were getting great results and, and all that good stuff, but I was feeling out of alignment with what I was doing. And so I kind of said, okay, what do I really want to do every day? What do I feel in flow with? What do I feel really is going to get the most out of my time? And it always came back to account management. And I've done so many different roles when it comes to account management in my career, but specifically building relationships with clients, being that super organized person Writing the emails, you know, like just that person who loves to glue everything together. And so I said, Well, all of these agencies that I know need account managers. They don't know how to find amazing people. They don't know how to train them. They don't know how to manage them. And I said, If I could just serve agencies, wouldn't that be really fun for me? And wouldn't that, you know, help so many other agencies? And that's kind of where the idea came from. And I kind of had to decide. Do I want to do this just myself, or do I want to grow a team to help me execute this? And we've gone the team route, obviously now, and we have a team of thirty-five of us and growing. And it's been it's been really fun, you know, to be able to help agency owners and and fill a seat that maybe they didn't know needed to be filled, or maybe they didn't know how to fill it. Um, and it's been it's been really great.
0: Awesome. And how far back does that story really go? Like if we were to really look at the origin, you know, you you have the mind where, you know, you see things a little bit differently. You were the creative, obviously, as the agency owner, and you, you know, kind of flip that switch into more of the structured operations type of mindset. Like what in in your background or from your history do you feel like set you up to be able to make that transition and like make that switch? Was there anything you can kind of pinpoint from the past?
1: I would say... Every role that I've had in marketing has been basically an account manager role. So when I first finished university, I had a marketing coordinator role um, at a liquor company, actually, where we live. And I was managing everything from the marketing department, from in-store signage to magazines, to advertising online, to radio. And I was making sure that everything was running smoothly. And I loved that job. I was so good at it. It just... Every single day I felt productive. I felt like I was really moving the needle and I was helping the whole marketing team. And so all those skills gave me that confidence to later start my own marketing agency where I was doing this account manager role along with a million other things. But I was able to do that really well because I knew I could do it. I was confident in myself in this role. So transitioning to just account management, to training other account managers, I felt confident. Being able to do that, and a lot of the skills that I learned were relationship building. You know how to build relationships with your customers or your teammates. Uh, organization, like we all have hard deadlines, we have to keep everything running smooth. The trains need to go on time, um, and then also systems. And I know we're going to dig in this, dig into this today. But the most powerful teams have good systems, and I realized that I knew how to build them and I knew how to use them. So if I could just figure out how to replicate myself and teach everyone else on my team how to do this, we would be successful. So those were kind of the the things that, that really made me confident in this role.
0: Perfect. I, I love that. I just jotted down that quote, the most powerful teams have good systems. Um, I love just how you put that. And it's so, so true. So uh, as we kind of flip the um, or shift a little bit, what do your customers look like? What is an ideal prospect look like for you? Um, And when you're speaking with those folks, if we can kind of talk to their problems as well, how do we know it's a good fit? How How do they know it's the right time for them to start working with a client account manager? If you can fill in some of those blanks, that would be great.
1: Yeah. So on one side of our business, we do full service account management. So the agencies who come to us for that are generally the agencies who are growing and scaling quite quickly, a lot of the time, the agency owner is in that client-facing seat. So they may hold the relationship. They may be the one to keep everything organized, to onboard the client, to sell the client. They might be doing it all. And they, they realize that in order to give their clients the experience that they deserve and themselves the lifestyle that they need, they need somebody in that seat. So that's generally the agency owner that comes to us. Um, sometimes it is an agency who has scaled, who has grown an account management team, and then they just need more amazing people. So they'll come to us because they're like, you guys know how to hire, you guys know how to train, you know, how to manage. I just need somebody in this seat ASAP. So that's kind of where we can step in, uh, both obviously work. Um, it just kind of depends on, on the needs of the agency. Uh, And then on the flip side, we do a lot of coaching and training for account managers who work inside of agencies. So, for that, it's really any agency that has an account manager. You know, there's this role is very client facing. It's very, you know, lonely at times because we are the ones, you know, building the relationships with clients, but also making sure everything internally is running smoothly. So, what we wanted to do was create this community and training system where other account managers could get the support and the, the team that they may not have inside the agency. So we do a lot of, you know, that coaching and training and mentoring side for account managers. So that is basically any agency that has an account manager on that side.
0: Yeah, totally. And with the training and coaching then, is that one-to-one or have you built out uh, a course or an academy where you're bringing them through over however many weeks and then certifying them and sending them back? What does that look like?
1: Yeah, so we have two. We have one that's one-on-one, which is intensive training. That is really great for groups of account managers or teams that really need help with optimizing their account management systems and teams. So that's like one intensive. And then we have a community called the CAM community where, um, anybody can come in, they can get our training program. It's seven modules. It's called CAM school. And then they get access to all of our templates and tools, but most importantly, they get answers to their questions. They get support. They get live trainings multiple times a week. They get a hand to hold essentially. Um, so we do both of those one-on-one and community.
0: Interesting. How is that split up in the business? I'm just curious, I don't have to talk numbers, but what percentage of the revenue comes from the, the CAM school versus your your um, kind of placing CAMs inside of other businesses?
1: I would say right now about 70% is our main service of account management. And then the other is on the training and coaching side um, the, we've always done coaching and training, but we've really kind of ramped that up in the last year and a half. And mainly that's because agencies are asking for it. Um, so we've really put a, a bigger emphasis on that. And obviously we can reach so many more people when it comes to our community and to be able to support more people. So that is definitely our, our growth goals on that side for sure.
0: Awesome. What a huge gift for like the business owner, like it, are these people that? Sorry, if we're talking cams going through your your cam school as an example, um, are these people that are brand new to the company then, and the the current business owner doesn't have time to train them, or are these maybe underperforming or cams that need to you know um, increase their their skill set that are coming to you? Who, who who typically makes up the the cam school student? Yeah.
1: I would say all of the above, and we see it all. Sometimes it's brand new people um, who are very junior in their career, and they just need all of the tools, all the training. We have people who are very senior account managers who come through our training. Um, so we've we've created it where it's it's general enough that you can step in at any point of your career, but we can drill down and get specific, especially in our one-on-one intensive where we can really narrow in on a skill set and a problem and help help with that specific thing because we do have, you know, a wealth of knowledge between all of our team members. But yeah, we honestly see it all, um, which is ideal, right? Because even sometimes we see someone who is performing well and their their agency owner wants them to continuously to up level their skills. That is our ideal, right? Like someone's doing so well and the agency owner's like, I just want to give you the support and the team that you that you need that is ideal, but a lot of the time there might be some performance issues.
0: Okay. Understood. And let's talk about how you train your, your cams then like there's a video on your website where I think you said that you're, you're receiving something like 500 applications a month and you somehow narrow that down to four people that you might hire, right. To Mm -hmm. bring on your staff and you're at 35 now. So what does that process look like um, from pipeline I'm curious what software you might use, what the process looks like to bring people through um, Mm -hmm. your, your hiring. Yeah. If you can explain that, that would be, that'd be awesome.
1: Yeah. And I'm happy to share everything that we do because it is an absolute beast and we've, and these numbers are real. We've been tracking them for two years straight, month over month and week over week. And It's consistently five to seven hundred applications a month that come through. Um, Top of funnel, we're advertising on, you know, everywhere we possibly can, running our own ads um, on hiring sites and people, you know, they they're attracted to the role. They're attracted to our company. They come in, uh, they apply. So they go through an application process that automatically weeds out people who don't have the experience level that we're looking for when it comes to marketing experience. And then from there, they have the chance to do an assessment. That is a written assessment. It takes about an hour, and they go through that. They fill that in, and they send it back to us. After they send that back to us, that's when it triggers us as um, a full applicant because they've you know gone through that application and they've completed our assessment and then in terms of systems cuz i know you love this we use yeah. um we use asana to um do everything in our business it's like
0: the music my to my ears yeah
1: <laughs> literally i will never leave asana because i have like my whole entire business in there so yeah. i'm obsessed um so an applicant comes in and then our team will review only the people who send in that written application so um yeah. you know we go from those 600 down to i'm going to say like 100 maybe applications a month. Um so they manually go through every single um assessment. Inside of that assessment it's written, but we also have Loom videos in there. So if you're into hiring at all, highly recommend using Loom videos. It's free, it's super easy and you get to see this person's personality. So Our team will review them for certain criteria. They have scorecards that they're looking at, you know, thinking about their experience, but their written communication skills, what they're like on video. Are they friendly and bubbly, which is one of our, you know, core values? Um, Are they professional? Are they, you know, all these things that we're looking for. So after that, if they pass the test, which is very actually hard to do, um, then they get invited for an interview. So they'll book an interview with our agency director, Katie. And in the process of that, they get invited to start our training program. So um, they can start CAM school, they can start going through modules. And then um, by the time they meet with Katie, we've seen a little bit of their work inside of our training program. Um, on that interview, it's about an hour long and, you know, it's very in-depth, making sure that they kind of pass that test. And then after that, um, they continue through camp school and they book their second interview. Um, and just stop me if this is too detailed. Um, but they go Great. through the second interview with um, our senior account manager, Jill, and she is kind of doing that final gut check. At that point, she's seen heard their assessments, their loom videos, multiple assessments through cam school, interview number one with Katie, Katie's scorecard. um, And then she's, you know, doing a final interview from there and scoring them. And then they have to finish cam school. And then after that, they would potentially be hired. So this whole process takes about six weeks, sometimes more, sometimes less. Um, But by the time they are hired, we go from about six to 700 applicants to one or two. Um, and the, we could be, you know, we could have a team of a hundred right now, but we are very picky. We are very, you know, particular about who we hire because it, it means that we're hiring the best of the best. We're putting these people in front of our amazing clients. Like we want to make sure they're amazing. So in terms of systems, love me some Asana. We also use Typeform. We use Loom. We use Thinkific for our school. Um, and Slack a little bit, but we basically live and breathe inside of Asana. Everything's in Asana. Everything dies when it goes to Slack is my saying, but it should be tracked in Asana. Um, And that's pretty much our process. We have it all like laid out in kind of that pipeline form. And at any point, um, any one of our team members can go in and see where each person's at in the stages. And then on our weekly and monthly KPIs, we're tracking all these things like applications, interviews, interviews, assessments and
0: things like that. If you're hearing my voice, consider this to be your official invite to join the Asanaverse community on Facebook. It's the number one Asana group on Facebook where you can ask questions, learn alongside other professionals, and find tons of resources to help you take your Asana skills to the next level. Search Asanaverse on Facebook to join the conversation. for sharing that overview that's super helpful to understand and um very intuitive um i have a similar you know feeling with slack myself like slack for me is a black hole like if you want me to like not ever get to a task or like accomplish something that you're asking me put it in slack because guaranteed it's not getting done um and so yeah i was gonna ask where your camp schools hosted thinkific um curious if you've used any other tools has it always been thinkific or yeah, have you always used through? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. We're toying with the idea of moving it over to somewhere else, but it's so much work and my rule of thumb. And I think every entrepreneur, specifically agency owners will relate to this, but I definitely get shiny object syndrome when I see new tools and I'm like, yeah. Oh, like ClickUp, that sounds cool. Or, you know, air table or whatever. But I'm like, I literally have my whole business in this one tool. I don't have the time yeah. and energy to move that over and it works. Why am I going to break it?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, I've had a a, a, um, a, similar experience recently. Like, I live and breathe Asana. I've been using it since like 2012 to organize life as well as business, um, implement it for my customers. We train our customers on how to use Asana and we, um, Prior to getting on a song, I was using Notion as well. And just recently, like I, I saw something on Twitter uh, of how, how someone was using Notion to organize their life goals and um, their like reading log. Um, TikTok. What was, That's like all over TikTok. my TikTok. That's all I see. That's all I see on my Same. For You page. And I'm like, man, I need this. So I opened up my Notion like two weeks ago and I was using like, uh, I went through a phase where I was using Asana for my notes. Then I went to Evernote for my notes. Then I discovered Obsidian for my notes. And now all my notes are back in Notion. And it's just like, I've, I've come full circle on this thing. So I definitely understand the shiny object syndrome that we all experience. But um, I can just encourage you, think if, it, if it's not broken, don't move it. Because I've heard of like circle. I don't know if you've looked into that. And like what that can do for communities and courses but anyways the point is that there's way too much out there but what you're doing <laughs> seems to be working so um and with the sauna then i think it was how many people three people are involved in like vetting the the um talent that's coming through and what does the approvals look like are you using approval workflows in a then and or is it just like going straight through like a a, a kanban um, pipeline yeah.
1: good question so we actually have two of our team members doing the admin side of the actual um assessment so there's two there one interviewing one reviewing their cam school another doing interviews so five to six people
0: wow okay
1: in this whole process yeah, it's a beast. Like I wish it was easier. Um, But this, like the only way that we figured out works. And then in terms of actual process, we do it actually manually. So, I mean, we have some automation set up where, you know, it's triggered where when someone sends in their application and then they do their assessment and then it gets assigned to our assistant who does the vetting, Um, but she will actually manually move it because she has to book the interview. So as soon as that's booked, she'll kind of move that over to Katie's section. And then when Katie's reviewing it, she has her own section. So she'll move it over there. And it is quite manual just because we have so many hands in there. Um, but we do have some like zaps and stuff that are helping us a lot.
0: Great. Um, I'm glad that you like take the time to vet, you know, these folks because myself and anyone else listening has gone through, You know and graduated from say fiverr to upwork and then from upwork you go on to you know linkedin and you're trying zip recruiter and you're doing all these different things and so you're vetting these people you're um, making sure that they pass your test before you put them in front of your customers but my question is and i'm curious just how you manage this all and what maybe your your um, outreach or your ad structure looks like but you're running ads to get people to fill in applications so that you can vet them and bring them into the pipeline. But then you also have your customers who you're trying to place these people for. So is it that you have customers lined up looking for account managers or are you also doing marketing to educate them on why they need account managers? I'm just curious, What does the inbound versus outbound look like to generate this new business? Because like that'd be a full-time like gig for anybody, right? To make sure that the pipeline's full. On both sides, from the yeah. talent side, the, the lead and prospect side.
1: Yes. So the the biggest challenge I think with anyone in this industry is balancing both of those pipelines. Um, so our we're, we generally have a wait list to work with us. So that puts okay. pressure on our hiring pipeline. Um, and I'm fine with people waiting on a wait list until I have the right person, because the last thing that we yeah. will do is put the wrong person in place. Um, so we do have outbound strategies for marketing for our agency side. You know, full funnel, like full ecosystem of marketing: podcasts, ads, email, um, every kind of marketing, kind of outreach that we do. Okay. Um, a lot of education, and then people come to us. Um, they book a call. We vet them. I would say, you know, a lot of people that come to us maybe aren't the right fit from size of agency to personality. Um, you know, we want to make sure that they're the best fit, too. So just as much vetting on our agency side as we do on the hiring side. Um, okay. But, yeah, it's it's generally a wait list on the agency side. Then we would match them with um, one of our team members once we have that capacity. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a constant juggle.
0: Wild. Well, good for you for being able to manage it all and having a wait list that obviously says something about the business and what you've created. So congrats. Um, on the KPIs, just a quick question before we go on to the next big question, but what, what would you say are like your top two KPIs that like mean the most to you? Who are they for? Um, are they for you, the business owner? Are they for your customers? And then, um, post hire or post placement right like are you are you tracking how that account manager is doing are there reports that the client is now you know receiving or generating on and providing feedback i'd love to know what that looks like or is it just hire? they're yours now you manage them however you want to
1: I wish it was that easy. Um, I would say on the KPIs for our agency clients, we start that in the, the sales process. So we want to understand where are they now? Where do they need to be? And so those kind of drive those initial KPIs that our team is working on. So as soon as, let's say, one of our account managers is working in your agency, from day one, we have a very detailed KPI spreadsheet with goals so that they are trying to hit those. Most of the time, it is taking over client relationships and how quickly and efficiently we can do that. And then systems and processes, how we can optimize the client management team, the systems, the processes, how we're doing that. Those are generally the two most important KPIs that agencies look for. And then internally um, we track KPIs on every kind of piece of our business. So that's hiring, that's agencies, that's marketing, that's training um, and products, which is our, um, community or previously camp school.
0: Okay. And are you doing that on Asana using like dashboards and reports?
1: We are not doing that in Asana. We do that in, we built that out in um, Google sheets because cool. we, okay. we do it manually on purpose, <laughs> make sure the right people know their numbers and they're, they're tracking that.
0: I like that. Okay. Very cool. Um, just kind of spinning off that then. So these account managers are now placed into the business. So what systems do you think should every account manager have when working w- with clients? Like you're not setting them free to go. There are going to be some standards. What does that look like?
1: Yeah. So there's a million systems that agencies should have, and I'm sure you can tell them what those are. But when it comes yeah. to account management specifically, you know, there's there's things that need need to be in there. So things like new client onboarding, that is a basic system that needs to be in place. Um, Client reporting and meeting cadence, that is something that needs to be systematized and the right team members are there with the right cadence and the right system. Um, Client communication, so the frequency, who's responsible for client communications, where are we communicating with clients? Like All those things are baseline super important in the account management role. But then some other things that I think are sometimes overlooked are client happiness. Like how do you know if your clients are happy and the, the systems that you need to have in place to ensure that that's happening. So we call them, um, we call them happiness surveys. So, you know, how are you surveying your clients? How are you checking in? So like having systems around that I think is really important. And I think overlooked sometimes, um, number two, is being, that like
0: a, is that like an NPS survey or some so, version of it?
1: Yes. Yeah. So we like, okay. you know, create our own version, but, um, you can definitely use that. Um, I know a lot of agencies do like whatever tool or format you might use in your agency, um, mm-hmm. is cool, but just kind of like prioritizing that as a system. I think, you know, we, the last thing we want to do is, is turn a blind eye to client happiness. So that is definitely important. Um, number two being a gifting strategy. So, For example, we have it set up where every quarter our team member has a budget and we expect them to spend that budget and to find ways that you can surprise and delight your clients and, you know, send them, maybe send them a gift, maybe send them a pizza for their family, like whatever that looks like, find ways that you can surprise and delight your customers. And number three, I could go on all day, but number three is what we call the daily pulse and it is a proactive communication strategy for account managers to consistently update clients before they ask, uh, show clients that, you know, we are working on your account all day, every day, you know, you don't need to worry. We have it covered. Um, so having that daily pulse or that quick check-in, um, cadence set up for your account management team is crucial and I think super important. And I think agency owners just don't, don't prioritize, that proactive
0: communication piece. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I'm curious to know what the process looks like when you have a customer against you know everything that you've you've tried to do. You, you, you've obviously been proactive, you know, in this you know trying to keep them happy, delighting them, whatever it is, letting them know that you're there, reassuring them. What what does the process look like when you know we we miss the bar for whatever reason? Um, they're unhappy. Like we have. In our Asana portfolio, we do status updates every week, and so our you know client happiness metrics are are they unicorns and rainbows, content, frustrated, stressed out, unhappy, or unsure? Right? If it's un- if it's unsure, it's they've gone MIA. We don't really know, but if they're unhappy, there's a process that we go through to figure out why did this happen? You know, was it a gradual change? Should we have seen this coming? Um, and then you know, at the end of it, we're here now. So what does that look like for you when you do have those customers that are not having a good time?
1: Yeah. And honestly, it happens, right? Like we can't, we can't be naive to think that it's never going to happen. Um, but what it always comes down to is relationships. And if you have all these things in place, you're being proactive, you're building that relationship with the client, it makes it so much easier when things aren't running perfect. So maybe. You know their campaigns aren't getting the results that they need month over month, and you're communicating. You have the plan in place, and sometimes it just comes down to having a real open raw conversation with the client, saying, "Look, like this isn't working because X, Y, Z, and here's what we're going to do about it." But at the end of the day, you know clients are hiring a marketing agency to get them results, and if the marketing agency isn't delivering, like you, you have to have those conversations about is this going to work or not, and always having that client's best interest at heart, um, goes a long way. And I mean, by having one person kind of building that relationship with the client, it does make it a little bit easier. Um, but the best thing you can do is have all these systems in place to cover your butt, but also have, you know, have the space and the energy and the competence to speak to clients in a really mature, professional, raw way when you need to.
0: That's good. Um, I was going to ask you for me for some examples of, of customers, but I don't think we need to go there today. <laughs> um, and so I'm curious, just on, on the systems train here, this is my where my brain will, will often go is you you have 35 people on your team. How are you managing like their capacity right now? Like there are tools that can obviously do this for us. Asana has, you know, workload harvest has forecast how are you managing this? Like, how do you know when and who is available to be placed or assigned to a project? And maybe you have no problem with that because you, like you said, you have that wait list, but how are you managing that internally so you can get that visibility?
1: Mm -hmm. So we have, we track, you know, each of our team members and how we work with agencies is in chunks of hours. So we have like, you know, you might be working 20 hours in this one agency. So we know that ahead of time. So we can, Really easily track like how full someone's plate is, and then we know if you know an agency has left, and we know that Betty's going to have twenty hours coming up soon. We can manage that internally. Um, we do track it in Asana because that's kind of where we keep our agency pipeline. So if we have capacity yeah. to open up, then we know that you know this agency needs this amount of hours. So we know that they're going to be placed with this person. So it's pretty straightforward, honestly, for us, um, because we kind of can have that insight very easily into how full their plates are at any given time. Um, it's not just like one hour here, two hours there. It's like legit, you know, 20 hours a week that they might be working in an agency. Yeah.
0: Okay. Are there any of your team members that are more on a fractional basis, like longer term gigs where they're like being hired on, Um, in this fractional role for your your, your people, or is it just as needed hour blocks per month? And then we just re up, um, as required.
1: So all of our agencies are long-term, so they might be, you know, years sometimes, um, really the agencies that come to us are looking for like a dedicated account manager and we can step in. Um, so yeah, all of ours are long-term, which makes it also easier to manage capacity.
0: Okay. Talk to me about the beginning stages of any of, of these engagements with these account managers. I I can't imagine that you know it's it's easy for owners to give up control or hand over the reins if if they're a smaller team or if they're trying to you know scale up. And so, tell me about like some bad news stories where maybe you know there were issues with trust or really like trusting. I mean the other the other person coming in, um, releasing the reins, letting them take over and you know, essentially giving over control, right? Because I know as business owners, we don't often want to do that. And you learn often too late that you need to let go of things and, you know, um, delegate and, and things like that to, to free up your time. So what does it look like on, on the other side of it? A- any stories of how you have maybe overcome that with your team?
1: Yes. So I would say that is the biggest problem is letting go of control. But I think, that the way that an account manager can come in, in a, I don't want to say slow manner, but it doesn't have to be the first day you're letting go of everything. You know, there, there can be a transition. And I think that helps most agency owners and some, for some it's quick, some it takes longer, but by having that, you know, feeling that it doesn't have to be tomorrow really gives them a lot of assurance. Um, and then sometimes there's issues with, you know, an an agency owner might expect like, yeah, like I want this account manager to come in and take over everything as soon as possible. And then the account manager is trying to take that control over, but they're not letting it. So, but the agency owner doesn't realize that they're not allowing that. So I would say sometimes that is like the the hard thing to push through, but once we get them through that, it's better. Um, But just like they don't realize that they're not letting go of control and they might say, oh, well, I don't trust this person, but they haven't Yet, given them the, the reins, So we, we see that yeah. sometimes. And of course we have to coach them and, and trust them and, you know, like kind of build that up. But I would say that's like, you know, naturally the most occurring issue.
0: Classic, classic case of the business owner that, you know, is the blocker and doesn't even realize it. Right. And just can't get out of their own way. Um, okay. Um, I'd love to know, I got a couple more questions for you here, Taylor. Uh, Like I said, I listened to your podcast and oftentimes, and I I heard it a few times in some of your more recent ones, but the guests or like yourself talking about freedom, this concept of freedom, right? Like you probably started your business for some aspect of freedom and you define it differently than I would. And um, we all, you know, live this a little bit differently. And so I'm just curious, what does that look like for you? right? Like on your website, it says, say hello to freedom friend. So are are there any promises or guarantees there? And what does this look like for you versus how you present this to to your customers? Because we all have a different idea of what freedom is.
1: Yeah. And you're right. Freedom looks different for everyone. Um, But I would say the biggest thing for agency owners is that they are, they have this white knuckle grip on everything. And a lot of times it comes down to client meetings, client communication, and feeling like they need to be the glue. So it takes up not only time on their calendar, but time in their mind. So they might be laying in bed at night thinking, did I remember to send that report to that client? Or where are we at with this project? Like, did I miss something? Like giving them that freedom allows them to grow and scale their business. And it's amazing to just see that happen for agency owners where they're like, Oh my gosh, like I have time. I have space. I can sell. I can work on something else. I can spend time with my kids. That is freedom for our agency owners. And even for myself, you know, I've been able to do that as well. I have an amazing team who, you know, takes care of everything. Like you'll hear that I'm not in that hiring process, I'm not taking calls. I'm not in the weeds, I'm able to get on podcasts with you. I'm able to take a doctor's appointment and not worry if things are falling apart. And for me, that's freedom. Um, Mm. but we want to give that to other people as well. And obviously it takes, it takes time and letting go of control, but once they do, they can free up so much space in their mind and on their calendar and in their inbox. Um, so it's, that's freedom for us.
0: I love that. I love the example of the person in bed at night, you know, thinking, did I do that thing? Right? Like it it can be so simple. The fact that, you know, once his freedom is created, you can be the person going to bed early at night and not having to stay up working until three o'clock in the morning so that you can get up early with your kids or go to the gym or go for a walk or have time to read, right? Oftentimes we'll see freedom portrayed as People are taking trips all over the world and that's important to some people, but I'm not sure about your situation, but I have two kids in school. We're not jet setting to Mexico and Florida and, you know, wherever multiple times in the year, unless it's during their holidays. But, you know, we can work from wherever we want. We can work whenever we want for the most part. And, you know, to, to your point, the place that you're at in your business where the the main thing that drives your business, you're not involved in it. That's huge. Right. And I love that. Thank you for, uh, for breaking that down. One last question for you here. Um, You may have already said it. So if you did and you just want to reiterate, that's totally okay. But you're, you're talking to your ideal customer right now, right? What's one thing that you think they're not considering when it comes to systems, processes, um, outsourcing their work, delegating, and really bringing, um, in these, these cams into their business. So what's that one thing that you think they're not missing that you just want to drill home to them right now?
1: Yeah, I would definitely say they don't realize how much time they spend on account management, whether it's client meetings, client communication, onboarding. I think we sometimes forget how much time and energy that takes away from other things. So, It's not just about an hours on your calendar. It's about a mental space too, like we talked about. So I think that once you realize that this role is needed in your business, whether it's fractional or full-time or whatnot, it literally will change the game for your business. So I'd say that is like the biggest thing is like not realizing actually how much effort goes into
0: it. Your time is so, so important. Incredible. Well, thank you, Taylor. Um, You can get in touch with Taylor at dot and company.com. co taylor aside from your website where can people uh, get in touch with you learn more maybe the cam school is it all there where would you like to direct people today
1: yeah it's all there head over to our website we have you know our community we have training we have hire an account manager Uh, our podcast is there as well um so hopefully you know whatever stage you're at in your business you can learn something get some support in some capacity
0: Awesome. Well, I can't thank you enough for being on the show today. Uh, definitely appreciate your time. Um, we're going to have to have a, a follow-up conversation at some point in the future because there's definitely a lot more we can chat about, but so appreciative. Thank you for being here.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the In Systems We Trust podcast with Marquis Murray. If you liked what you heard today, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Don't forget to rate the episode and share it with a friend. Head over to thinkditto.com to learn more about how the team at Ditto can help your business scale by implementing the systems and processes needed to get
0: you there. you're enjoying the episode, I need to ask a favor. Would you just take a minute to go on iTunes, leave a quick rating and review of the podcast. This helps the podcast get in front of other listeners just like you. Any help to get the word out is much appreciated. Thanks for listening.